It's Cheer. And this is Loathing. We're here to talk to you about movies. She, she loves, loves everything. everything. I hate everything. This should be fun. This is a morbidly beautiful podcast. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Cheer and Loathing. I don't know why I did that. Uh, my name is Casey, also known as Loathing, and over there, that small little giggle you just heard is Stephanie, also known as Cheer. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's been a minute. Hello. But yes. I mean, at this point, it's always been a minute, so. Yeah, we're not very consistent these days. It's okay. One a month is one a month. I think we did one about a month ago, maybe a little bit over, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. whatever. It's okay. We're trying. We're doing our best, and that is what really counts. We got to give ourselves credit for effort. Sure. Yeah, Millennial, giving the participation trophies, and blah, blah, blah. Listen, life is hard, and if you <coughs> show up at all and make any kind of effort, I feel like you get some points. Oh, I'm well aware that life is hard. Ooh, sometimes just trying to get out of bed is a Herculean effort, so. It is. It is. But uh, we have a couple of actually new movies to talk about. So we're going to have to be kind of, I guess, careful on the spoilers for this week. Yeah, well, I say let's right at the front of this show be like massive spoiler alerts ahead probably. These are brand new films. Go see them before you listen if you have any interest or if you you know care about being spoiled because yeah. it'll be very hard for us not to spoil at least somewhat. So yeah, yeah. Um, and these are both like in theaters now, all movies, which is we've yeah. never done that. I don't think I ever. Don't, yeah, I don't think you so. don't I mean, go to the movies. Well, they both just so came out on streaming deal. as well. Yeah. Like they're both on digital. I think as of earlier this week. Before we start, can yes. I can I give a an uncharacteristic shout out to you? Okay. <laughs> you should be more excited. If you were like, I'm going to compliment you, I'd be like, thank God. Well, it's I'm about time. Let's slightly do it. afraid, but continue. No, don't be afraid. Okay. It's me. I'm. You know I'm going to say something nice. Well. You, I'm so proud of you because this episode, you like, because a lot of times we hem and haw and you're like, I don't fucking know. I don't see any movies. What are movies? And I'm just like, oh my God. And I'm struggling to like come up with something. And this time you were like, Okay, like, here's what we're going to do. Here's the movies. They were both, like, brand new movies, and you had seen them or were going to see them. And I was very impressed <clears> with you. I was like, holy oh. shit, this is this is happening. So, well, kudos. I was very you. excited. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody's got to pick up the fucking slack okay, around here. No, no, okay. Why do you feel the need to counter a compliment <laughs> with an insult? Like, what is it in your brain that makes you think, she just said something nice, I better say something horrible to her? It's in my nature. It's 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 real bad. It's crazy. It's this, crazy that that's your intuition. This is why I'm so lonely. <laughs> I guess so because I mean, like, I try to be lovely, and you're just like, well, you're still a bitch, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, what, what the hell? You work on that, Casey. That's mm-hmm. it's problematic. Well, yeah, it could be, I suppose. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. If if you're weak, will only if you want to interact with human people. Yeah, you know, if you want to interact with other humans, it could be bad. <laughs> but if you want to be completely alone and you know, suffering in silence and your misery, then it's totally fine. No no worries there. No problem. Well, if I'm gonna go down, I gotta drag somebody with me. I guess that's sure. And you're the closest proximity. Great, good for me because I really could use more. Could use more of a downer in my life, you know. 
Things are just too cheery all the time. Yeah, they're too good, right? Sometimes I need to be brought down to reality. Way too good. The world is in such good condition. Things are going great. Uh, really well, kind of very stress-free every day. If you stop reading the news, then you don't know what's yeah. going on in the world, and everything is fine. Like, I do try that, actually, because it's it's a lot. But, like, if you, you can't just do that. You have to disconnect. For, you cannot be on social. You cannot talk to other human beings. I don't know. You can't venture out into the world. You basically you, have to be very sh- shuttered in if you, you want to You just got to change what the algorithm thinks you like. If you keep looking at political stuff, it's going to keep poli- feeding you political stuff. But if you just look at half-naked girls, then all you're going to get is half-naked girls. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Right? It is. Mm -hmm. It's much better than being like, the world is coming to an end in 47 minutes. Instead, it's like, oh, boobs. I don't know. It's like at this point, I'm like, if somebody was like, the world's coming into a 47... I can't speak. Mm, That's a good thing for a podcast coming to an end in 47 minutes i'd be like okay like let's do it like thank god like i'm ready i'm on board finally i mean as long as it's a clean like i really want a clean like we're all going at once kind of thing you know like it's apocalyptic i don't want any of this bullshit of like like mad max it's gonna be really shitty for the next like how many years and you're gonna suffer endlessly and it's gonna be really brutal like none of that shit i want Mm. fucking like a meteor is headed our way. There's nothing we can do. It's it's over. No, we just send Bruce like, Willis and Ben Affleck up there. Yes. That's what we have no. to do. No, I, I we can't. No time for that. It's <laughs> all options have been exhausted. We're just giving into our fate. That's what I mean. Anyway, usually we ramble wow. at the end of the podcast. <laughs> so listen, let's can we let's at least say what films we're talking about. Should we do that? Should we do something professional? Yeah, I suppose so. Okay, you want to do it since this is this is I said to you earlier. This is your show. <clears throat> you are in charge this episode. I guess if I have to. <laughs> uh, we have so two what are we talking about? two new films as we just mentioned. Both I believe are Bloomhouse productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So that's I guess the connection. This it's a Bloomhouse week. Uh, we have the titular Five Nights at Freddy's, and we also have. Um, the Exorcist Believer. I was going to come up with some sort of adjective for it, but I just couldn't off the top of my yeah. head there. Uh, so those are our two films this week. Uh, both have pretty well-respected source material as well, like Five Nights the Video Game franchise has spawned I don't know how many games at this point and how many knockoffs and novels, and now there's a movie. And then, of course, The Exorcist is The Exorcist, and you can't really talk about The Exorcist without talking about The Exorcist from the 70s. So can I tell you something before we start? Sure. I think this is the first time in the history of our podcast that I have taken zero notes. Like, I feel very unprepared, even though Mm -hmm. I just saw these films. But you Um, saw them before you knew we were going to talk about them. I did, and I didn't like... So notes weren't high on the priority list. And I told you I reviewed both of these films. This is true, you um, did. So I feel like I have given them some thought, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's been mm-hmm. a minute since that happened, and now I'm like, wait, what are these movies? Um, so this is going to be a, a, more off the cuff than normal, um, but that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. So I did review. So I have like put my opinions of both of these films out into the ether. You haven't read them because you, as you confessed to me earlier, you don't read any of my stuff, which was really. Really warmed my heart quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> morbidly pretty. What's the name of the website? I forget. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, you said you thought you thought you knew my opinion on these without th- having read anything I've said. Correct. I think you probably had fun with one and one you probably did not enjoy much. Okay. Do you Those want to? Well, let me say this before I mm-hmm. give you any insight. Do you want to start with the one you think I didn't like or the one you think I did like? <sighs> I, I think we should start like, with the one I think fun? you... I think I, I think we start with the one I, I think you liked. Okay. Which, which is? I think is Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. Okay. Um, That's a good place to start. That's the more recent one. So we'll just go a little bit backwards. Is it more recent? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I thought The Exorcist came yeah. out like at the start of October and Five Nights has been out since actually I don't know when it came out to be honest. Doesn't really matter. Five, Do, Nights. It doesn't matter. Five Nights just came out and it came out it streamed at the same time. It oh, is that what it was? Okay. So that's why it feels okay. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're a couple of weeks apart theaters. but that's fine. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean they're both very very on the heels of each other. Um, and as you mentioned both Bloomhouse which I'm starting to think that any horror movie, like every horror movie that is going to be released from now on, is going to be a Bloomhouse production. Especially if it has a theatrical um, release. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's um, the only one who has any like, money behind it. Yeah. Um, which I wrote about this in my review of Five Nights, which we'll get into a little bit, is like the whole Bloomhouse thing, but mm-hmm. we can get into that. Sure. Um, but before we start, let me ask you a question. Do you yeah. have a Do you have a history with this franchise? Um, a soft history, you could say. Okay. Uh, I never played any of the games, but. I've watched people play the games and review the games and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I, it, it, there's too wow. much going on for my brain <laughs> to be like, I, I, I just can't like function with this style of game. Uh, but I watch people play video games all the time. I love Twitch and YouTube. Like I watch Let's Plays all the fucking time for games I want to experience, but I don't necessarily want to play myself, if that makes sense. There's a ton of I games mean, out there I- like that. That, like, I think it makes sense to some people. Obviously, <clears throat> there's a market for that. It doesn't make sense to me because I don't quite get it. But, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, my logic behind it is when I I'm very particular about. I mean, you know this about movies, but the movies I watch, the games I play, the books I read, stuff like that. Like I have to be super into it, and I might not be super into a game like Five Nights at Freddy, but the lore behind it and the story, and that's something I can yeah. experience without playing it. Because when when you when I play games, a lot of the time I end up like wanting to rush through it. I get to a point where like, okay, I, I've the mechanics I've got down. Like the gameplay is now just a loop until you get to the end of the game. But if I'm watching somebody else do that, I can experience more of the mm-hmm. the the atmosphere and setting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so especially with horror games, I like to do that a lot. Because uh, like horror games, I, I enjoy, but I don't really have the urge to play, which is weird. But anyway. Um, I just want you to know I'm going to really struggle to be on my game this episode because there's a fucking bird in the background and it's mm-hmm. really distracting. I know. I told you I can't like hear I, myself <laughs> I told you I moved my setup and there, there's my little bird <laughs> about 20 feet behind me. So I swear to God, if that was me and I would be losing my shit. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. You'd be like, this is ruining the podcast, Stephanie. What the fuck? Do something with the bird. I mean, I can cover him up if you want. And <laughs> no, it doesn't bother put, me. Put him to, to night night sleeps. It's atmospheric. Um, I think that's something that's 
<laughs> Sorry, not just can't. Okay, you're laughing at your and own my joke. Mind, yeah. My mind really, <laughs> right? Somebody's got to, you know. I'll yeah, it's true. Myself. It's true. <laughs> um, this game is so interesting because, like you mentioned, the lore. Like this is a very like Friday Nights at Freddy's a very simple game. Like, oh yeah, very simple mechanics, very yeah. simple premise. Yeah, but the lore is bananas. Like there is so much craziness behind this game that I think this movie going in has like a challenge because it's trying to recreate some of that as well Mm -hmm. and it's trying to kind of be uh, a film that is very respectful of the fans who like there's a lot of easter eggs there's a lot of like nudge nudge winks winks throughout this for people who do know Five Nights at Freddy's Mm -hmm. and know it really well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm But they're also trying to obviously introduce this franchise to a new audience. It is does skew a little bit younger. It is trying to be like, hey, it's okay if you've never, if you don't know anything about this game other than you like, you kind of know the basic gist, then that's totally cool. Like, come come in and we'll like, we'll uh, indoctrinate you into the world. <laughs> that's um, one way for it. So, I guess. Um, and I think that that... I mean, the franchise also, of, I just want to point out, the franchise, because you yeah. said it's skewed towards the younger people. The franchise is about 10 years old at this point. First game was released yeah, well, in 2014. So, I mean, that's not well, I guess, that young. And No, but what I'm saying is the film, because that's that's the thing. It's like the people who are pretty obsessed with this game are a little bit older. They're like in the 30s. They're, for a while. they're yeah. like, you know, old like me. Um Whereas the movie, I think, really catered to a younger audience that probably isn't all that familiar with Five Nights at Freddy's, other than, you know, maybe they sort of maybe. they're aware of it, but they're not. I mean, aware. I guess as young as you can put a horror. I mean, it's PG 13, which is weird because, I mean, it's there's very, quite a bit of gore in that. Hmm. And disturbing that? imagery. Well, there's there's the one scene where the girl gets bitten in half by the, the robot, and then you see her body fall like- apart, but. I feel like it's very... Um, I mean, it's and, the same this, rating as fucking Avengers, for Christ's sake. I don't, I don't know your point there. Well, I, well, <laughs> Avengers I mean, this is supposed a, to be like... Well, hardcore. no, I'm saying like uh, th- there's more in this than there is in that in terms of what I would consider like adult themes. I think <clears throat> it is, and, and uh, this isn't an insult at all whatsoever, mm-hmm. but I do think um, this factors into some of the re- the early reception is that I think it's a gateway horror is what yes. I think is the best yeah. way to describe it. Where it's like, you know, those films we watched when we were younger that were scary enough that were, that definitely had horror elements, um, but they weren't, they were not so intense that we couldn't watch them at a younger age that we weren't right. allowed to watch them. And they sort of introduce us to like, ooh, I think I might like horror. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think this is designed as that. And so I think that, and I think there's a, I think we need films like that. I think films like that are very important. They have a yeah, very yeah. important place in the pantheon of our, um, the world of horror and also like how we came to be horror fans. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of like respect for these kind of films. Um, but a lot of times like hardcore horror f- fans that have been watching horror for a long time see films like this and they get really like annoyed by the lack of like, as you mentioned, gore and blood and real scares. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because I think that Five Nights at Freddy's has a reputation for being a very scary game, but it's well, only it's scary because it's so scares. immersive. Well, it's yeah. also very jump scary, right? Like, it's not, the atmosphere isn't particularly, it's not like a Silent Hill or something like that. 
it's it's very much like you're watching the monitors and all of a sudden boom no warning there's a fucking monster in your face like that's it game over which Um, if you were trying to recreate that in a film that's very hard to do it's hard to do absolutely yeah yeah but it does have level of terror yeah but it does have that lore behind it as we were talking about yeah and um so this game got caught fire mainly because of two people on the internet do you know who those two people are Hmm. Um, MatPat. MatPat is one. And Markiplier. Markiplier is the other. Good job. Yeah. I'm proud of you. My geek cred is strong. Yes. Um, and one of those people features in the. Film oh, I know. And that that made me. <laughs> I marked out like fuck on that one. I was like, oh my god, it's him. And Can then I he tell just you something. Yeah. Oh god, sorry. No, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, and then he does his catchphrase, and I was like, oh, that's fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> So I went to see an early screening of this. Was he there? And um, yeah, no, there, it, this isn't a very cool story. Just let oh. me preface that. Um, it's coming from me. Don't get your hopes up ever when I start a story. But I'm like, oh my god, let me tell you something. It's gonna really be very underwhelming. Um, no, I was at this screening, and when that scene happened, my audience lost their fucking. Mind. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Like, yeah, yeah. it was really fun to, which is why I'm always like, guys, go see movies in theaters. I'm not gonna go down that like preaching aisle that you hate but it was so much fun because if i'd watched it at home i'd have been like oh that's fun you know but like being in an audience where everybody was like <gasps> like audible gas mm-hmm. and cheers and like 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 the president of the united states just made like a a, a, ca- a cameo in this film like and it was it was so much fun to watch and i was like and i want to tell you something like i watched that screener and afterwards um because it's like ahead of, it's before like when the audience sees it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I the reviews started coming out because I, I watched it thinking like people are going to love this because like my audience had so much fun with it like, mm-hmm. there's so much energy and enthusiasm and this happens to me a lot because I see films early and I tend to have a skewed perception of like what the world is going to think because I guess I'm seeing it with a certain type of crowd and an audience people who are like oh my god I need to see this like first thing mm-hmm. and so they're very excited and then the reviews started coming out and they're like this film is getting skewered by the critics, right? Yep. Like, it is like, this film is garbage. And I was like, oh, shit. And and we're going to talk about this a little bit with the next film that we talk about as well. Mm-hmm. But it made me be like, I, 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 and then, and so I was like, oh, God, okay, so this is a situation with, like, Exorcist where I think people are going to feel one way and then they absolutely hate it. But then the audience started seeing it and then the audience score was, like, very, very high. People were like, oh, my God, I love this film. And I feel like I have lost all ability to predict what anyone thinks at, about any film ever. Like, I just, I don't understand what people like or don't like anymore. Well, I mean... And it's really crazy. Go ahead. <coughs> Sorry. No, no, no. You were in the middle of talking. I thought you were done. That's all. No, I'm, uh, I'm done. I'm pretty much okay. done. I was just wrapping up. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, something we didn't go over is the uh, scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, you go, go ahead and give us to it. Yeah, you're right. The the tomato meter, for I guess, is the uh, critic score is 30%. But the audience score is 88%. And I totally 100% yeah. see that with this movie. It is such an audience movie. If that makes any sense. Like, it's not a critic, it darling. Does. It's not like uh, 45 minutes of silence and one guy sitting in a room twiddling his thumb, staring into the ether. It, that's what critics like. They like shit that doesn't make sense. Whereas Five Nights at Freddy's, this is a fun movie to go see. And was it the best movie in the world? No. 
but they hit every note it needed to for what it was trying to achieve, I think. And I assume they'll make sequels about this because there's yeah. fucking nine games and or something like that, and then there's spinoffs, and there's the sister locations, and then there's the uh, novels, well, which go even deeper into the lore, and yeah. And did you see how much money it made? Like, it, like, broke all the, like, Bloomhouse records. Oh, did I? I didn't so, actually see that. And so if that wasn't already planned... Oh, fuck, it, it made planned, $80 million, eh? they, they wanted to do a franchise, like, from the beginning, but mm-hmm. they definitely will make a franchise now because it, uh, yeah, it cleaned up. Yeah, and I think part of that reason is, like, yeah, uh, Jason Bloom or Blum. Is it Blum or Bloom? Uh, you know... Whatever. Uh, that is... I, I say Bloom, but I, I actually don't know. Whatever. He also no, we had... No, Look uh, it up. Look it up and see how you pronounce his name. Oh, my God. Let's be factually accurate. <laughs> okay, well, while I do that, him and the creator of the franchise were producers on it. Yes. Well, and this is why... This film has taken forever to come out. Like, it has been something that people have talked about for years and years and years. Like, oh, they're working on Five Nights at Freddy's. And the... It is Bloom. By the way, okay, yay! The creator, um, <coughs> the creator, like co-wrote the script and was mm. like a producer on it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he had a version of it, and then didn't like it and wanted to redo it, so it kept getting delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I heard about he sort that. Of, like, yeah, changed direction on it. Um, but yeah, he was very heavily involved, and it was really important to him to like get the lore right and all that stuff. So, um. That's why I say it's definitely a film made for fans. Made fans for, of the like, franchise. It's kind of a love yeah. letter. Yeah. Which is why I wasn't sure. It's really hard with films like that to know how, first of all, people who are hardcore fans are a tough, tough audience, you know, being a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's really hard to please them because they're so like, they know everything and they're super, It's and it's, it's really hard to translate all of the crazy amount of lore and everything that has gone into this franchise into a single film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second of all, there's a lot of people watching this that aren't super fans. And how would they respond to a film with like very little backstory? Right. Like how, how does this resonate with them? And that was hard for me too, because like I'm somebody who, now I wouldn't say I'm not like a super fan. I don't like read all the like literature and uh, watch all the videos and all that kind of stuff. But I definitely like, I'm pretty familiar and have played the games and, and have an affection for this franchise. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm somewhere sort of in the middle. Um, with all that said, I, I really enjoyed it. But again, like I sometimes find that I'm not sure. I'm not sure how accurate I am when I go to these screenings and I'm like, oh my God, this is so much fun. And then I the reviews come out and people are like, this is an, a fucking abomination. <laughs> I'm like, oh Jesus. Like, did we see the same movie? Like what the <laughs> hell happened? And I think so much of it depends on how you see it, your kind of frame of mind, your audi- the audience experience. I think there's so much built into that, like seeing it with other fans that elevates the experience that um, sometimes it's hard for me to know like how much that, take all that away, what would the experience be if you were just kind of watching it alone in your living room? Right. Is it the same? Mm-hmm. And that's how you watched it, right? And that's not a, that's not a judgment, but I'm just saying... You had fun with it, watching it kind of alone in your living room, right? Yeah. I mean, but I was going to because, again, like you kind of mentioned, like I, I went in <clears throat> knowing about the games and, and having experienced them even vicariously through other people. So I kind of like knew 
what was going to go on. Like, the little twist at the end was still kind of cool, because I don't think that's, like, legit. I mean, that's partly part of the lore, but I don't think that's, like, the it's main like thing. It's, like, from a lot of different sources. It's, like, blended. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, orig- yeah, anyway, like, I, I don't want to spoil a whole lot, but, I mean, the twist, quote-unquote twist, if you aren't familiar with the lore, is, is pretty, you're like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, I can see that being kind of out of left field. Um, but it was, yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> the movie was, like you said, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, that kind of genre of horror. And when that movie came out, I didn't like it, but it has grown on me a little bit since then. Um, and you, it's like that introduction to horror, right? It's for like maybe the teen, young teen who's really never experienced or hasn't been able to experience horror in the the same way that. Maybe we did growing up because, yeah. you know, like parents and strictness and whatever, like our parents didn't give a shit what we did. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It, it just feels it, feel, it was a good movie. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was good. It was an enjoyable watch. And it's, it's this is one of those movies I can find myself or I can see myself just putting on again. Maybe not watching it, but it would be a nice background thing or, you know, like it's a non-offensive movie. If that makes sense. Are we seriously going to just like agree and be docile during this podcast? Because I really thought there'd be fireworks given the nature of these films. And we're just like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. And and it's really (laughs) weird and it's making me uncomfortable. Well, like I I had a feeling we would agree on this one. Uh, (laughs) The next one I'm not 100% sure on because based on what you said, it sounds like you liked it. Um, well, we'll get there. Are we, are, do we want to, do we, do we feel like we want to say more about, about Five Nights or do we want to jump over to, to Exorcist? I I think we just jump over to The Exorcist because I think there's going to be a lot more to say about The Exorcist and Five Nights. Five Nights is one of those things where it was good. It paid just the right amount of fan service while still being able to stand up on its own as a movie where you can watch it without knowing all the lore in the background and being even familiar with the games. Yeah, I just, I, well, I want to say two things and then we can definitely jump. I want to say, first mm-hmm. of all, anytime I get to see Matthew Lillard, um, mm, yes, for any length of time is, is a good time and something that automatically elevates a film for me. Uh, like this film could have been garbage, like absolute garbage. Could've and been. I still would have been like, still would have been like, it wasn't bad because Matthew I just Lillard. love him so fucking much. Yeah, he's he's cool. Um, I like him. Casting casting genius, super super props to them. Um, and this was interesting because this came in. This is a good transition. This came on the heels of Exorcist, which not only got skewered by critics, but also got like pretty lambasted by the fans as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's their what's the what's Exorcist? Uh, where does their final Rotten Tomato sit? Uh, Twenty two critic, fifty nine audience. Mm. Yikes! Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, and and I feel like there, and especially after like Halloween, I feel like there was a bit of a there's a bit of a Bloomhouse backlash happening, um, where because they're doing they're, they have their hands at everything and they're touching a lot of sort of sacred properties, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's I feel like when anything gets too popular and too big, there's this inevitable like. Oh, they they just suck now. Like overnight, everything just sucks, and this is garbage. That happens with like musicians, you know, artists, like filmmakers. Everything. It's just like 
it's too they're too oversaturated and it's too much and people are just like fuck you and they start to hold like certain films against like people have a real passionate reaction to the latest Halloween tr- franchise and mm-hmm. I think a lot of especially after the last one like Halloween ends mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of uh there's just a lot of animosity there and especially when they are like oh now we're going to touch exorcist which is another like sacred cow um i feel like there was a sort of built-in like venom and i was thinking that that was going to carry over to five nights at freddy's as well and i again i was pretty surprised because it sort of had the same trajectory it was a lot of anticipation then the film comes out then critics are like fuck this film and I kind of thought that the audience was going to follow suit. I thought there was going to be a lot of complaints that it's not scary enough or there's too much talky talk and there's too much lore and there's too much, you know, it's it's more like character drama than actual horror and stuff. Um, and I was surprised that that didn't happen. And I was also surprised at the reaction to what did happen to Exorcist. So that is my little segue. Now let's get into that film. <laughs> So, because I wasn't expecting the backlash <clears throat> that happened with Exorcist. Kind of on your, I just wanted to say this one little point about the uh, yes, getting the the backlash from or expecting backlash because Bloom House is doing like all sorts of, you know, touch, like you said, have their hands in all sorts of different pots that are kind of like you don't really need to touch that. Right. Um, while like you and I, like I'm not no, I'm nowhere near as in depth into movies and stuff as you are, but I still like understand production companies and shit like that. I, I would say the average viewer doesn't really give a shit. Like the average person who's going to go see these movies isn't, isn't going to come up and be like, oh, it's a bloom house. It's going to suck. Or it's A24. It's going to be artsy. Or what? Like they're not thinking that. So like the backlash would be a very small minority. And like, like a critic backlash mostly, I would say. Which is probably why the audience score for Five, Five Nights at Freddy's was fairly high. Because they did, like the average audience member is going to be like, I don't fuck, I don't know what that is. You, can I just say one thing? So, so good. We are going to fight a little bit, which is okay. great because I miss it. I disagree with you, and let me tell you why. Because you're talking about horror fans, like you're not talking about like the average, just everyday like moviegoer. Mm-hmm. Talking about horror fans, and horror fans. I mean, I don't know. You don't spend a lot of time on social. I do. Sadly. Well, no, but this is what I'm talking about. This is a, like you're talking about the. It's not just horror fans who are going to see these movies. I mean, it mostly is. Who, who else is going to see Exorcist? When was it? Okay, so you you go a lot of of uh, like pre screenings and and shit like that, yeah. right? When was yeah. the last time you went to a movie with general public? I go all the time to see specifically horror films. Yeah, I don't just go to screenings. I mean, I go when I I go to a screening okay. when I can. Because all see I can screening all the time. Say is like my experience in in going to theaters, which isn't a whole lot because I hate people. <laughs> I I've, I haven't been to a movie since probably Avengers Endgame was the last one where I went where the audience actually had a reaction to anything that was going on screen. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, like, and, and even hearing the murmurs and the people talking in the back, yeah. like, yeah, it was all right. And then they go home. So I'm like, oh my God, another fucking miraculous film by the people over at Bloomhouse. It was amazing. I can't believe Jason Bloomhouse pulled this off again. Like, that's, I don't hear that. Like, that's not the murmurs. But it's you just don't like hear people. Like, laughters and gasps and screams and stuff during certain points. No. I mean, I understand there's not a lot of like, 
there shouldn't be chatter going on because fuck you, keep your mouth shut. It's no, but there's bad. no reactions. Like even when it, when, uh, during but you're uh, in Canada, like, maybe they don't have emotions there. It's just cold and wintry up here. All the time. <laughs> we all got just, the. They're the all seasonal just little depression. Casey sitting there yeah. going like, "I hate everything. Everyone, everything sucks. Goddamn this movie. Goddamn the world." <laughs> but what like, again? This, I'm just saying like I don't know how much. St- like, I'm not saying nobody, but if, if there's a theater of 300 people, I would say maybe 20 are going to be like, "Oh, it's a Bloomhouse picture." The rest are going to be like, "This is a movie." It's date night. I'm going to get a hand job in the popcorn bag. Like, that's the sort of stuff that's... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, watching the wrong movies, I think. Um, I think when I say audiences, though, like, I'm specifically speaking to horror fans when I talk about, like, Bloomhouse and stuff, because I guess because I see so much vitriol on the internet because yeah. so much like yeah and and it is people who are passionate about horror and i think anybody passionate about horror definitely fucking knows bloom house and they of definitely course. know every like when a film comes out they know if it's bloom house they know if it's h24 they know if it's like warner brothers or something like and that's just that shit matters and so i am not talking about like the average everyday movie girl because i feel like first of all this podcast really isn't for the average these people that this podcast for people who are passionate about horror. Right. And but I'm trying to represent about horror. the yeah. audience, right? Which doesn't necessarily just mean the 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 horror people. It's... Yeah. I don't know. The, the way I kind of look at it is general public. And, and you, you, like you said, you, you, you're on social media and the people you follow are horror people and the people who follow you are horror people and the people you surround. So it seems like a majority because it's, and, and the passionate people are going to be the loudest. Steve, who, who goes to four movies a year, who just happened to be like, Oh, five nights at Freddy looks like a fun time. He's not going to go on the internet and write a fucking 400 word, 400 page blog about five nights at Freddy's, but you're going to go read that one because that's a person you follow. So that seems like it's the majority of people, but it's not. It's a very small percentage. It's just like the loudest person in the room seems like it's the majority, but it's not necessarily. For some movies, sure, like the A24 things, yeah, the majority or a, a larger percentage of people who go see something like that are going to be fans of the art house scene, but they're not made for the general audience per se. Not like Five Nights was definitely was. Can what? I interject while we're talking about A24? I guess. <laughs> the reaction was phenomenal. You like took a big <laughs> sigh and you're like, I guess. Like, I can't even do it because I'm laughing too hard. Like, you were so angry at me for saying that. <sighs> and God. so upset by what I had to say. <clears throat> um, there's a film that you need to get ready to talk about. Fuck, um, is it like lamb or some bullshit like that? No, Another it's Dream animal. Scenario with Never Nick heard Cage. of it. Oh, fuck off. Okay, you need to go fucking watch the trailer immediately after we tell this podcast. And I'm serious, like, we are doing it on the show, and you are not going to argue with me. We have done 432,612 Nick Cage movies. Casey, it's an A24 film with starring Nick Cage. It is like... Yeah, so it's Pig. My wet dream. Oh, my God. Well, Pig was neon, so get that right, first of all. Yeah, but, I mean, it was a very A24 style. <laughs> Let's get that um, out in the and, open. And Pig is fucking phenomenal. Let's also well, get that out in the open. Have you mm-hmm. seen Pig? We did fucking Pig. Oh, did we? Yes. Yes. No, and I had the intro with the little Piggy Oink Oink song. 
God, did you like it? I can't no, remember. I cannot remember. <laughs> oh no, how's that possible? Oh, because it was garbage. No, it's not. You see, I like when you say things like this. I really do because it makes everyone in the audience go, "Oh, so everything he says is like I should take with a grain of salt because he doesn't know what he's talking about." about uh-huh. anything. It's really, right. it's really good for me. It reinforces my cred when you say things like that. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. Oh, dream scenario. Beautiful. So where are we? We're talking about the exorcist believer. (laughs) Now, isn't this supposed to be uh, like one of three, like another uh, trilogy? Yeah. Do you think they're going to make the other two at this point? Or do you think they're going to scrap it? Because this was a terrible outing. And I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I'm assuming you liked it. But all I can say is this movie was poo. Like objectively, it was poo. Yeah, so <laughs> hey. this is this is where I'm like I I don't even know anymore. I don't know what people I don't know what people want or don't want or what they're watching for or what like turns them on or turns them off. I I have lost touch with like an understanding of any any mindset whatsoever among like the average movie watcher. Um, I don't know. I. I think, I personally believe mm-hmm. that the problem with this film is that it has the word exorcist in this title. I think people, because I this is what I mostly heard when people were critiquing it. And this is the one thing when I talked about the movie. I was like, listen, I felt the same way with Halloween. I feel the same way with a lot of stuff. If you go into this film thinking like, okay, well, uh, Exorcist is a perfect fucking film. It's one of the best horror films ever made, which it is. Uh, absolutely, like, the uh, objective truth there. Um, so this film better meet those standards. Like, it better bring it. It better be um, The Exorcist 2.0. And I think we just need to take a step back and be like, listen, there is never going to be another fucking The Exorcist. In the same way that there is never going to be another Jaws. Like, every time a, a shark film comes out, that's any good whatsoever because there's a lot of shitty shark films that are immediately like, okay, this is just camp. Mm-hmm. But if a, if a shark film tries to be a good shark film, immediately people go, well, how does it compare to Jaws? And immediately you suffer by comparison. Like you're never going to be Jaws. You're never going to even get close to it, much less be better than that. The best you can do is to be in the same playing field, is to be a movie where they're like, well, it's no Jaws, but... It's one of the closest things I've ever seen. I think Shallow's got that kind of feedback where it's like, it's it's not anywhere near Jaws, but it's at least in the same universe, right? It's not like total garbage like most shark movies are. Same thing with Exorcist movies. We So when Exorcist came out originally, it was mm-hmm. groundbreaking. It was terrifying. It was something that we hadn't seen before, and it fucked audiences up. And it still fucks us up to this day. Mm-hmm. Because it was new, and it was... It was different and it was truly terrifying for for the time. People who watch Exorcist now who have never, like young people who watch it, who have never um, seen it before and who have seen a million of the Exorcist copycats since then, you'll hear them say, and I hear this a lot from young people, it makes me like cringe, but it's not their fault. They're like, Exorcist isn't really that scary. Like, I've seen this a million times before. What the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, you've seen it a million times before now because every movie that came out after Exorcist tried to be Exorcist. When the movie came out, no one had seen it before, and it it was fucking terrifying. It's not terrifying now because 
how many I, I, I can't even count I've lost count of the hundreds of movies I've seen with the exorcist scenes that feel very similar to the exorcist except mm-hmm. for shittier mm-hmm. and the problem is once the exorcist exists in the world and you've seen now you had a million copycats you are never ever ever going to recreate that magic you are never going to get close to it you are never going to get in the hemisphere of it everything is going to feel derivative because everything is derivative so you have to really, if you're going to watch a film like this, you really have to throw that out the window. You have to be like, okay, Exorcist stands on its own. It's untouchable. This is a a film that is inspired by that film that exists in a completely different universe that is trying to do something different because if it tried to just be The Exorcist, it would fail miserably because it's, it's doomed to fail before it even starts. Even if it's brilliant, it's still going to be a failure in comparison, right? It's still going to feel derivative. So you've got to do something different and you've got to like mix things up and I think this film did a really good job of doing something different and bringing something different to the table and I feel like we gotta stop comparing it to the extras because it's not the fucking extras and nothing is that's okay my so I'm off my soapbox I'm gonna let you speak now I'm sorry sorry it took so long <laughs> sorry okay so I partially agree with you um comparing Exorcist movies, not like the Exorcist franchise, but, you know, the fucking Pope's Exorcist and shit like that. Comparing those to the original Exorcist is unfair because they're not. They're not the same universe. They're not the same anything. And you're right. Throwing the Exorcist in the title fucks this movie hard uh, because you have to then compare it. And I say have to because I would be like saying... You can't compare Jaws 2 to Jaws 1, like you were just saying. Like, it's the same franchise. And this is the same franchise. It's not a different universe. It has Chris McNeil in it. It has cameos at the end that definitely connect. It is the same cinematic universe. If you're going to do that, it's going to be compared. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Does it have to be the same movie? No. It doesn't have to be the same movie. But you said this tried to do something different. And I don't know if you meant different from the original Exorcist or just different in terms of filmmaking. Which did you mean? Different from the original Exorcist. Okay, because when you said that, I was like, this is the most paint-by-numbers horror movie I have seen in a long fucking time. And the thing that made the original Exorcist what it is today and that still holds up today is the pacing of it. It's not an overly long movie. It's not like five hours long. Or anything like that. I'm pretty sure it has a pretty reasonable, like, two-hour-ish runtime, the original. But the pacing of it is what builds the tension. The, from the time the the girls in this movie go missing to the time that they're possessed is, like, 13 minutes. It's fucking... It's like, boom, 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 boom. Now we're here. It, it felt so... Not good. <clears throat> it, it just felt... Like I said, paint by numbers, it felt forced a lot of it. Um, they tried to add some human elements to it with like the whole thing at the beginning with like the, I guess the mm-hmm. prologue, if you want to call it that. Uh, it, it just didn't have the same gravitas or pull or weight as the, not even the main story of the original Exorcist, but the character the personal aspect of the original exorcist here there's in in the original exorcist they go through different stages they go through you know like 
it's a slow build. She pisses on the carpet. She crawls on the wall. The room's cold. There's this, that, and the other. From the time you think when she gets ill in the first movie to the actual exorcism part is like a fucking hour. Here, in this one, it's literally like, it feels like four minutes from the time they find the girls to the time that they're fucking possessed and doing the exorcist stuff. Yeah, because this is a film that is about something different. Like, they're they're looking at a different aspect. Because, honestly, if they would have done that, it would have just been the fucking exorcist. And we would have been like, not necessarily. Why are you remaking the exorcist? So, by just making it faster... It's supposed to make no. it that much different. Like it doesn't. Make, the the no, whole because like they weren't focusing on. They, they could have focusing on. Okay, sorry. sorry well, they could have done Go this ahead. story with the pacing mm-hmm. of the original Exorcist, and it would have been fine. But this just felt like pick generic horror movie number three out of the DVD bin at the dollar store, and it's this. Mm. That is it, it. Like it didn't do anything different, and by trying to separate itself from the original Exorcist by trying to be different from the original Exorcist, it made itself just a generic... It is exactly like any other Exorcism movie that's been made in the last 15 years. There's nothing different about it. I could put on the the what, the Exorcism of Evelyn Rose, I think that was one of them, or uh, any one of those like mid-2000s movies, and it's this. And by throwing the name The Exorcist on it, you have to be different from the generic ones that come out every year. And it's not. It's just simply not. There's no build-up. There's no tension. There's nothing. They, they make them, the girls disappear. You know they're going to come back because they're in the trailer. You know they're going to get possessed. I mean, that's not... Like you don't have to have that as a surprise or anything, but they, it's almost like they try to use that as a storytelling element to build fake tension that isn't there. And and having trying to get the nostalgia factor with bringing back Chris McNeil was that was so fucking dumb. She's in it for four fucking seconds, and then whatever happens happens to her, and it's just like why even like that's they build her up to be like this. Like, she's going to be the one that saves the day, and then she's in there for four seconds, and she's gone. Like, it was so pointless, and it was just, it felt like a slap in the face, whereas, like, Five Nights at Freddy's, you have the cameo from MatPat, and that's like, that's fucking cool. That's a great fan service. That's what they're trying to do with Chris McNeil in this one, and it was just like, nope. No. I'm like, you better off not even having her in the movie. See, I liked having her in the movie. But why? She didn't do I anything. I like an Uber fan. I think she did. I think she brought... As an some... Uber fan, The Exorcist is my favorite movie of all time. Well, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying, like, I'm also speaking to somebody who... Like, we disagree on this, obviously, but I'm saying as uh, somebody who also is, like, obsessed with Exorcist, like, I... I and I, I have heard your feedback around this. Like, sometimes you have feedback around me, like, Pig. I'm like, okay, well, you're just fucking stupid. Like, you just obviously don't know what the hell is going on. But in this film, like, you're not saying anything that I that hasn't been, like, widely said by a lot of people. So I definitely know that this is a pretty pervasive opinion. Um, and, and, I'm, and I will admit that I'm probably in the minority on this one, and, and I'm fine with that. But I, I don't know. I enjoyed Chris in that. I enjoyed her presence. I thought it definitely added something. And I really... Which we won't talk about, but I really like the ending. Like, the very last scene, like, made me, like, just, but, like, 
it was so yes. cheesy. Like, yeah, I mean, but I you knew, it. but you knew it was coming. You had to have but known it was it. coming. I did, but I loved it. I don't know th- this whole like reinventing franchises and then bringing back one of the originals like Jamie Lee Curtis or uh, in the Texas Chainsaw fucking movie that came out a couple years ago. Bringing back these old protagonists is getting very very old right now. It's the new trend, and it sucks. If you're gonna do I, something new and original, do something new and original. Mention them, well, let sure. Me ask you, let me ask you this. Yes. This is a movie we haven't talked about. I don't think. Maybe we did talk about it. In that story oh remember. boy. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. Like I don't remember yesterday. Um, yeah. But Saw Ten. Did you did you end up seeing that? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. When you see that, I think we should talk about it. Because, well, I know it brings um, well because it takes place between one and two. Yeah. So it has. And I guess I wanted to know how you feel about because that is a very similar like. All right, let's sort of reboot in a way, and let's bring back like beloved characters, and let's sort of sort of wipe the slate clean in a way, but let's also like be really respectful of where this would fit in the original time. Like, let's not. I don't know how to describe it. It's it does this really interesting thing, but I'm very curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like that worked really well, and I wanted to know your thoughts. So I I, I, time. I think the the best way to do that, and I like I said, I haven't seen Saw Ten, but I'm assuming all the old like it's basically filled with his proteges from the original movies plus himself, right? I, mean, I assume they're they have a larger role to play than just to be fan service. Yeah, no, it's definitely Whereas a cameo. The the Chris McNeil cameo in this and the uh, Texas Chainsaw one, they were literally just there for fan service, and they did them both dirty in these two. And but whereas like it worked in Halloween because it brought back Jamie Lee Curtis, who as a main character if how pissed off would you have been if they redid the halloween movies and jamie lee curtis was in it for 45 seconds and then they killed her off or something it wouldn't be the same and that's exactly the same thing that they're doing here they're bringing back an old character just to be like hey look we're we're connected like us because you know back in the 1970s this was the biggest thing in the fucking world and it and people have this nostalgia factor please please love this movie because we put them in it yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm i someone... Look, I've said this before, not necessarily with podcasts, <clears throat> but to the people. There's sometimes you watch a film, and it doesn't have to be horror, any film, and you realize that you're being pandered to, right? Mm-hmm. You realize that you're being manipulated, emotionally manipulated. This happens a lot with, like, let's say Disney films, where you're like, okay, this is the point where I'm supposed to cry, and listen, I, I fucking cry every time at those points that they say you're supposed to cry. But I'm mm-hmm. very intellectually aware that I'm being emotionally manipulated. That this is not a organic thing that's happening. This is the point where the, the writers in the room are like, okay, here we go. Like, the dog's going to die. People are going to lose their shit. Like, it's going to be great, right? Mm-hmm. It works on me every fucking time. I'm very easy to manipulate. Um, oh, I know. But I'm okay with it. As long as, like, I'm okay with it because there's sometimes that I want to be emotionally manipulated, right? I'm like, I'm going to go see this movie, this, like, animal Disney movie that is going to make me sob uncontrollably. Like, I'm going to ugly cry. It's going to be embarrassing. Mm -hmm. But, like, I need that. I need that catharsis. So I don't really give a fuck if it's very manipulative because I want to be manipulated. And I feel this way a little bit about, 
these sort of like fan servicey things that are happening. I I'm okay being manipulated sometimes. Very well aware that it's like a a, a mutual contract between me and the filmmakers where I'm like, I know what you're doing. I see you. I know exactly what's happening here. But I'm okay with it because God damn it, like, do I fucking love the exorcist and do I love this woman? And is it great to see her again on the big screen, even for a few minutes? Hell yes. Just like what I said about Matthew Lillard, like in Five Nights at Freddy's. If he was in that movie for two seconds, I would have been like, best two seconds of my life. I don't fucking care. Yes, I would have been like, God damn it, you have Matthew Lillard, like, use him better and use him more. But at the same time, I'm like, but thank you for giving him to me because I love him. And yes, please. And this is how I feel about Chris's. Um, cameo in this I guess we're going to call it a cameo is it like yeah I get it I get it you're not wrong but it's also like me and my heart happy is that wrong am I weak and vulnerable yes yes <laughs> the, the difference between the Matthew Lillard thing and this is like Matthew Lillard has no connection to the Five Nights universe it's not like he was it's, it, it would be I, well you know what I'm not even sh- they could put Markiplier in that role, and it would probably have been like super cool. I was I was gonna say I was gonna use him like oh, it would have been pissed off. It was just him doing that for like four seconds and then out, but it would have been also kind of been cool. But um, it it, it I don't even know if, just the fact that they built her character up for the, the 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 two scenes prior because like there's no build up in this movie at all. They're like oh it's Chris McNeil she's an expert blah 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 now she's here. A, why did she take the guy's fucking meeting? She's like a world-famous author, actress sort of thing. She's like, oh, some guy from Pittsburgh wants to see you because he thinks his daughter's possessed, which I'm sure happens in her, if that were real life, that would happen to her every 45 seconds. She'd get an email being like, my daughter's possessed, my son's possessed, my dog's possessed, can you help? Like, So why did she just take, there was no explanation as to why she decided to be like, yeah, this is the one guy I'm going to help. It just seemed very far-fetched and lazy in terms of, like, storytelling. Uh, almost like a deus ex machina. Like, we just want to get her in here. How are we going to get her in here? Oh, she's a world-famous expert who's only going to talk to this guy. And then have her fucking almost killed off in minutes after she makes a screen appearance. And that's well, what I'm saying. she have a... Uh, and I'm sorry, it's been, like, five minutes since I've seen this film, mm-hmm. so, of course, I've forgotten everything. Right. Um... But didn't she have a connect? Like he got introduced to her through somebody that she had a connection with, right? He didn't just like I, knock on her door and be like, "Hey." It I'm wasn't. Sure. It wasn't clear. So what I understand, what happened was, uh, he they bring the girls into the hospital, and he's talking to a nurse who's like, "Oh, I used to be a fucking nun or something like that," and she's like, "I saw this once before, even though she's not nearly old enough to have ever seen this before," uh, and then. Then he's watching a YouTube interview with Chris McNeil and he has her book with some pages highlighted and then the next scene they're in the same room together. That is how fast that went. It was three minutes. <laughs> um. So I was going to, I'm going to tell you something funny and this, I think you might actually find this funny, but you won't admit that you think it's funny, but I think that there might be a part of you that thinks it's a little bit charming. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was about to explain how I, how I reconcile that. Okay. But then I thought, then I thought, I don't, I know you don't listen to uh, my other podcast, Guilty Pleasures, because you don't support any of the work that I do. You've already admitted that. Mm-hmm. But if you did, you would probably like it because a lot of times when, when I'm defending something, 
they'll, somebody like it's two other co-hosts and they'll say like well this didn't make any fucking sense and i'll say well what i think is i think i think the filmmaker's trying to say is and i'll i'll are you are you basically doing the a wizard did it defense no, but I, it's like, I'm like, well, this is what I think is the intent here. And I like read into it. You, you yell at me all the time for this on the show. Right. And because they, you're making stuff up. Both my co-hosts do the same thing. They're like, they're like, Stephanie, I think you're working harder than the filmmaker did on yeah. this film. Like you're creating a story that is a good story, but it's like all made up in your head. Yeah. It's not real. It's make-believe. And, and and you would appreciate that because they call me out and I every time it they happens I'm like yeah you this is Casey yells at me all the time for this thing yeah. that I do where I have created an offense in my head where I'm like well this makes sense because but it's not necessarily given to me it's something that I'm like you know interpreting so I was I was just I'm stopping myself because I was about to do that and be like well this is what I think is happening but then I also was like hmm is this just me bringing what I want to bring to the table? And yes, the answer is yes. I'm bringing what I want to bring to the table, so I'm not going to give you my defense. But I just want you to know that I'm self-aware enough to know that I, I realize that Well, that you're happens. self-aware enough because you've been called out by three different people on it now. Okay. You don't have to be mean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All, and one day I'm going to get you to admit that something is lazy filmmaking. Or lazy storytelling. And you're always like, no, because this is what they meant. And this is what they wanted to do. And this is what was interpreted. And this is what was implied. And no, it was lazy. I've certainly seen lazy filmmaking before. It's not like I've never watched a movie I didn't enjoy. We just haven't talked about most of them. Well, regardless. about films that I... But because the thing is, is that if I enjoy a film and it, like, invests me, then I'm not sitting there going like, oh what about this plot hole or what about this or whatever? I'm just like, look, was I invested? Did I believe what was happening? And if the answer is yes, then I don't necessarily need every loose end tied up for me. I don't need everything explained to me. I can fill in the blanks. And I don't think that that's me just like fucking ignoring everything and just making up whatever story I want to make up in reality. I think that's just me going like, look, like, uh, there's enough here where I can like read between the lines, even if it hasn't been spelled out. That's that's my interpretation of what happens when I do that. So I, I talked about being self-aware, but genuinely, that's how I believe that I'm interacting with these films. If a film is not investing me and there's plot holes and nothing makes sense, then I'm absolutely going to be like, what the fuck? But if I'm invested and I care about the characters and I'm like engaged, then if something doesn't make 100% of sense, I can usually just be like, it's fine. It doesn't have to make 100% of sense to me. Everything else worked for me. So you're saying you cared about these characters? I did, yeah. Give me one of their names. <laughs> well, I'm not good with names, so it doesn't matter. Who cares what their names are? Like, Oh, okay. Like, no, but seriously. Like, <laughs> what was the last time you like met somebody? Like, I like this person. What's her name? Not a fucking clue. doesn't matter, but I like them. No, honestly, that would happen in real life because I'm oh terrible with names. And I'm always like, oh, what's her face? She's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know any other names. And yeah. like I said, it's, it's been a minute since I've seen this film. So I forget everything almost immediately. I saw it other than, yesterday like, stuff. and I can't remember their names. But that's how like I little I care about it, these characters. Like. I couldn't tell you their names, but I could describe all of them. And tell oh, yeah, yeah. I can I can describe I can describe them, too. Is. Yeah, they're terribly made up little girls in a chair right. and their heads look very swollen for some fucking do you, reason 
Do you genuinely think? Okay, back up. Do you genuinely think that the makeup effects weren't good? I do. I, mean, can you I give think they were. I, no points. That fucking upside down cross is such a cliche, and it it, ha, it apparently means nothing. Like uh, people like quote unquote Satanists and shit like that. Like it doesn't mean anything. The upside down cross means fucking nothing. <laughs> like it's it's just an inverted cross. It doesn't mean the devil. It doesn't mean possession. So I need to say something to you right now. You do know that all of this shit is made up, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I know some people believe this stuff, and so I don't want to hate on them, but, like, there's no devil going around, like, possessing people. Like, all this shit is, like, fiction for horror's sake. It's just like vampires. It's, like, all the lo- lore and stuff right, is but made at up this for point, the fictional like, universe. But that was something that was kind of, like, <clears throat> creepy back in the 70s, because you're like, oh, my God, you can't. it must mean evil and all that. But nowadays people are like... we believed this shit was real back then. Like, we thought that there was genuinely... So then do something fucking different. Like, do you remember how... Like, you don't... I don't know if you do, but, like, if you've, like... <laughs> back in well, my day. Well, if you've, day. like, read history books or anything, it's like, there was a time, not that long ago, really, um, where people genuinely thought the biggest plague in our society was real Satanists who were going yes. around, like... The satanic panic. Kidnapping I and that. sacrificing yes. people and like they were in like it was in all of our rock music and all of our video games and all of our movies that the devil was legitimately like, you know, trying to get up all in our business yeah, and fuck I, with us I, and through I our media and stuff. Yes. And that to me is goddamn insane. Like that is so nutty to me that that wasn't just a fringe part of the population who is already always going to be crazy. That was like a huge part of the population who was like, Holy shit, the devil's going to get us. And I'm like, people, come on, come on. And I guess it's really no different than a huge part, portion of the population being like, oh my God, like, th- this is God's work. It's like, it's all the same level of Delulu, but like, it, this is, this is, it, this is, cra- this is fiction and, and all made up for like horror's sake. And so it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't have to be grounded in reality because there is no, no reality. It, you're right. It doesn't. But, it's not like it's a fantasy movie where like things aren't based in historical things. Like they 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 use the Bible, they do exorcisms, they go through the whole like rigmarole that would quote unquote really happen in this case or this scenario or whatever. So why use like fake imagery at this point? Why not just go all out and pretend it's all real? If it takes place in the real world, then it should have real world things in it. Despite it being uh, an exorcist movie where the devil takes control of two girls for some reason. It, because one I, thing I, I don't that know. is it, real, it's just Okay, yeah. One thing that is real is belief. Mm-hmm. Belief is real. Now, what you're believing in is up for debate whether it's real or not. Um, but the the foundation of the belief is real and there and people believe this shit like with the very to the very fiber of their being so it is representing iconography that people associate with evil whether it is really I don't know if people still do that or not I associate the upside down cross with evil anymore I don't know if that's absolutely the thing that, they do well they're stupid absolutely I mean it's like it's it's like that's why it's like a huge part of like goth um fashion is like that upside down cross and stuff because it's representing like a counterculture or like I am like anti-establishment oh, establishment being the church so you know? Pazuzu is just like fuck the man maybe I mean honestly there's a lot 
if 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 the devil I mean really well we could get into a whole thing about like but basically God is the patriarchy you know and establishment so anything that is against that is counterculture and counter establishment and so on one you could definitely make a case that the devil I mean this is what real Satanism is all based on the idea of counterculture and not letting uh, society kind of tell you who you should be and how you should be. It's not about actual devil worship because say, real Satanists don't actually believe in the devil because they don't believe in God. I'm aware. They believe in hedonism. They believe yes. in like taking Freedom. care of yourself and and doing what feels good for you and self-expression and all that shit. So in that regard, yes, anything that the sat- the devil, air quotes, is anti-establishment. And so therefore, depending on your perspective, could be seen as the hero. Or the anti-hero or right. whatever you want to look at it. Back to the movie. My God, this is so much more fun, though. Let's do this. <laughs> Every time I go off on a tangent, you're like, oh, my God, we went off on like 45 minutes about nothing. Why did you do that? Well, it's because my stuff's a lot more interesting. So oh, is it? I yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Objectively. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I can't help it. This is like if you there are certain things that there's certain buzzwords that you say that will like automatically send me down a like a four hour you know rampage if you don't roll me reel me back in. Yeah, hence the movie. So you legitimately like this movie? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Why? But I I understand. I. What was I mean, good about it? I thought first of all I thought it was well made. I thought, like, technically speaking... Sure, um, but we've gone over this. Good. Unless you have a budget of $4, it your movie should look technically good. Because <laughs> okay, so cameras and shots are so accessible. Oh, I'm going to shoot down every one of your points, yeah. Okay, so then that's not fun. Let's just say <laughs> that I'm wrong and just move on. Well, I, I mean... I, did, I was invested. I thought the performances were strong. I liked the direction they took it. I thought it was really interesting, the whole, like, it takes a village aspect and the whole idea of, like... You know how, like, first of all, let me preface this by saying something. I think we sort of just went down this road. I promise I will keep it brief. You know how I feel about organized religion. I think it's a bunch of hooey, which so I'm just, I'm pretty open about that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, <clears throat> but I love, like, I love possession films. I love supernatural films. But there is this aspect of, like, a lot of times with possession films, there's this whole, like, the Catholic savior thing, you know, that the church comes in and saves the day. And it's like a lot of like, Oh, good versus evil, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and while I can enjoy a film like that, that, that sort of does rub, rub me the wrong way. I'm sort of like, ugh, I hate it. I liked in this film that they tried to do something different with that, that they had like a lot of different ideologies and the, the Catholic, there wasn't the Catholic savior. The Catholics like actually kind of dropped the ball. And so other, other like, belief systems, non-traditional belief systems had to kind of step in and like um, then it became about like a community banding together. I like that idea. I thought that was really interesting. I think that they, I thought they did a good job, like I said, trying to do something different. And, you know, I did say different from the original because I think they had to do something different from the original. Otherwise, we were going to be like, fuck you, what's the point? Because um, you're not just going to remake The Exorcist. Like, that's stupid. That's a, that's a, fool's errand right um i also think it's different from i don't think i've seen i'm trying to think of like i'm gonna make a wrong statement here but i think it's different from pretty much anything i've seen in the world of possession films when it comes to the overall like the big ideas now there are certain beats that are going to be similar because anytime you're dealing with a possession i feel like i've seen 
at this point, 10,000 possession scenes. And they all feel, some of them are better than others. Some of them are more effective than others. But they all feel very similar in nature. It's like, how much different can they be at this point? You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. I've seen so many of these that it. I think it's hard not to feel trite at this point. I think they tried very hard and mostly succeeded in my point, in my perspective. And they sort of understood that going in. And they're like, well, let's try to like take a different approach to this. Let's try to give some people something that maybe not necessarily they've never seen before, but that at least feels a little bit like fresh, um, a little bit of a unique approach. I, I enjoyed it. I thought the makeup effects were quite good. Um, I was really invested. I really thought the climax was really strong. Um, I, as we mentioned, I liked Chris McNeil. I thought that was, I mean, I get, I get, and I don't think you're wrong necessarily. And I get people's like frustration there. For me, it worked. Um, I thought, uh, the main, the main guy, the dad was really strong. I thought the girl, the, the girls were really, really good. Um, the two girls that get possessed. I don't know. I, I thought, like, is it perfect? Is it a masterpiece? God, no. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say it was a goddamn masterpiece. Did I think it was a train wreck? No. I thought it was a perfectly serviceable horror film. And I think it's getting a lot of unfair hate. Like, I think it's fine if you walk away from this film and you're like, it was fine. I think that would be fair. If you walk away and you're like, a goddamn abomination, I don't know if that's fair, in my personal opinion. No. It <laughs> it it uh, <laughs> Wow, I choked you up. You can't even yeah, speak. Yeah, <laughs> it was no, it it was just bad. It, like the no redeemable factors to it. Like you, you say you like the characters and whatnot, but you can't remember their names. Uh the makeups I, I did not like the makeup effects. It was they weren't it it it, it just ugh, the girls' heads just look bloated. Like I don't know how to describe it. They look like fucking ventriloquist dummies. In fairness, I can't remember the names of Five Nights at Freddy's either, other than the animatronics and like William like, Afton. Okay, but but that's only because only because I like am familiar with the lore and like have had enough exposure. But had I not been, I definitely couldn't have told you William Afton's name. But that's just because I'm stupid. I'm bad at names. That's not because I don't give a shit or I anyway. didn't think like Matthew Lillard was amazing. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, so I didn't. F- I didn't care about the two girls who were possessed because only uh, the one, Angela was her name, like the main one, only she had any backstory. The Angela other, was her name. The, the other girl, Catherine, I think it was. I don't know. Sure. Had nothing. Zero. You saw her walking into the woods and then she's possessed and we're supposed to care about her. Whereas, <clears throat> and this is where I would have liked to see the uh, the pacing at least the pacing borrowed from the original Exorcist. Get to know the character. Get to care about the character. Now she's possessed. It's this adorable little girl who's now being eaten alive from the inside by the fucking devil. Here it's just like two people plucked off the street that I don't care about at all. They And yeah, you're right. They they went away with like the Catholic savior thing. How much better would it have been if we actually knew who the priest was before his entrance and exit which happened in the same fucking moment it would have been so much better had it like hyped him up and he's like yeah i i, I got this this is what we're gonna do almost had him like as a, as a karis type character from the first movie only to pull the fucking rug out like they did it would have been a thousand times better than be like hey father can you help us no cool i'm gonna help anyway and then that's it like oh okay 
Ooh, I care so much about what happened to you. I don't fucking care at all. <laughs> and then like the whole like community thing, like who in he he gets back to the, the dad gets back to his house and there's fucking four people doing a ritual in his house. He's like, get out. Who the fuck were those people? Had they been established at any point before that moment? Yes. Who the yes. fuck were they? I don't remember them at all. <laughs> and then they're doing like a ceremony in his house and he's like, I hate you. Get out. And then four minutes later, he's like, actually, come on. We need your help to get the fucking devil out of my daughter. Who in the fuck? I had no idea who they were. He's like, Joseph or whatever the fucking guy's name was. We just wanted to help and do a cleansing. He's like, get out of my house. No idea who that guy was. Not a fucking clue who that guy was. Or the woman. And then all of a sudden, like, they're integral characters in the... This movie moves so fast, you couldn't breathe and get to know the characters for a millisecond before they were basically gone. And it pissed me the right the fuck off. (laughs) Because it's terrible. It's terrible story development. It's terrible character development. Like, if they're going to do a trilogy and they're going to use these characters again, so help me fucking God, I hope it crashes and burns and makes 45 cents and then they cancel the last one. Because it was terrible. Terrible. I mean, Casey, I don't, I don't want you to hold back. I want you to definitely tell me how you really feel. And well, because th- this movie originally put me on like an emotional roller coaster uh, before it was released. I heard they were doing it, and like, oh no, they're remaking the Exorcist. I knew this was going to happen, but I, 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 I don't want to believe it. And then it came out that it's not a, uh, a a remake or whatever. It's it's a soft sequel or a soft reboot of the franchise. Okay, it's still going to be probably fucking terrible. And then it was like, oh, okay, it's the Halloween guy. I like the first two Halloween movies. The last one we're not going to ever talk about again because it shouldn't exist. But that beside the point, he did okay with the first two. I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to do that whole idea again. And this time, you know, with different franchise. Okay, I can kind of get behind that. Then I watched the trailer and I'm like, okay, okay, I might be able to get behind this. I'm kind of, I got excited for like a day. And then I didn't end up going to see it in theaters because I just, I didn't have transportation, blah, 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 blah. And then I got got it on streaming and I was like I'm so glad I didn't spend more money than I had to on this fucking movie it was it was it was just like low then high then low then high then fucking crater low Mm. and I'm so pissed off that that they did this to the like it could have been anything it could have been so much better and it just was bad like out of 10.2 stars like filling one little fucking leg of the star and that's about that's all I can give this terrible terrible wasted potential well um yeah I don't usually Um, get that riled up I know I know so (laughs) I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on this I'm just gonna say you know, we'll we'll agree to disagree on this one. This is what happens when you like every single movie ever made. It's it's not true. I don't, but but I do like more things than I don't like, and I do I do want to like things. Do you know what I mean? Like I will watch every film with the expectation of liking it, and so it's up to the film to lose me at that point it's not up to like I don't go a lot of times and I think this is how you watch films I could be wrong a lot of people though go into films being like okay win me over 
Like, I think you're going to suck, but prove me wrong. I, I do the opposite. I'm like, I think you're going to be good. Prove me wrong. I, I don't go in if quite with that to. mentality. I go in with more of a, <clears throat> I want to like something, but it has to earn it. I'm not, it, yeah. it, just because I want to go into something liking it doesn't mean I'm automatically going to like it. I think it has to earn the liking. It can't just be what it is off of name or whatever. It was like uh, the the spiral, the book of saw. Like I was so excited for that movie. I'm like, I, I'm gonna love this movie, and then every second I watch, I'm like, this is bad. I don't like this. And I that was one of the movies in recent memory where I went in. I'm like, I really want to like this movie. Like I I think this could be one of my favorite movies of all time. And then I was like, oh my fucking god, what did they do? So I, I, I don't go into movies objectively being like, I'm going to like this no matter what it poops out. Because if it poops out poop, I'm not going to like it. It has to earn it. And I, I don't want to be skewed either way going into a movie. I mean, there's going to be somewhere I look at the trailer, like a fucking rom-com or something. I'm not, I'm not going to like it, so I'm not going to see it sort of thing, right? And we've all done that with movies. Like, just not your cup of tea, so not even bother. But... In in especially in like the horror sense or uh you know even the comic book movies a lot of comic book movies that I'm like I really want to like this movie and I just don't sometimes like the last Ant Man movie I'm like this could be fun and it wasn't you know it goes both ways I, I'm gonna I'm gonna derail us slightly just because um I'm gonna try to bring your blood pressure down a little bit okay um. There's this thing I saw on social media um, the other day from Lionsgate where it's uh, Billy the Puppet from Saw mm-hmm. reading uh, reading mean tweets. Mm. <laughs> and it's That's pretty, pretty fucking funny. And <laughs> yeah. there's this tweet where he, somebody says, all right, Saw X looks like it has potential, but please don't fucking ruin it with this bullshit NCIS melodrama that you put into every film. <laughs> and it reminded me, like, when you talked about Spiral, that... Um, you know, that whole aspect of like, I don't want to see this fucking like cop drama. I want to see what made the original so great. Well, I don't mind the and cop drama that, aspect, but yes, go on. Uh, anyway, um, Saw X, spoiler alert, drops that whole cop drama thing. Um, and is a real, I think that's why it's a really well received, really fun movie. I'm really curious for you to watch it. But anyway, it's super funny and it made me think of that when, uh, it's just a little aside, apropos of nothing, but I think it's funny. Apropos of nothing. Anyway, nothing. I that think should that's be the name of our podcast. Let's change it. Apropos of nothing. Oh, okay, I'm okay. That's kind of catchy. I know, right? Good job thinking I mean, that. Like four years after we started this thing, Jared Loathing's pretty good. That's all right. I, I give us props for that. No, it's not good. No, no it's it's good. It's fine. No, it's okay. It's a lot of effort. Anyway, I'd I, say we could do a spinoff, but we struggle to even record this one. So yeah, that's true. Probably, probably not going to add to our our arsenal of podcasts that we do. That's fair. I think that's going to do it for us this week, though. It has been going on for okay. almost an hour and a half. Believe it or not. Okay. Well, I mean, I've first of all, I've enjoyed every minute of it. For me, it's been a pleasure. But I guess it's of this episode or this you. whole podcast. Uh, this episode. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, this was a good episode. I liked it. We agreed on one our and vehemently. Yeah. Yeah. It, we start Sometimes reviewing I our own episodes upset. at the end. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, well, uh, why do I do this to myself? Because this is very traumatizing. 
but today was fine. Like, I yeah, expected you, worse, honestly. I yeah, really I mean, did. deep down, you know, The Exorcist was a terrible movie. You just want to admit it. And Five Nights was fine. Well, deep down, I knew that Exorcist is very polarizing and that I'm in the minority. So Usually I was when a movie's to... polarizing, it's bad. Let's just get that out in the open. Uh, no, I... I've, Whenever I there's a movie that. that's polarizing, no. you look at the critic score, it's like fucking two. Or the audience score is like two. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, it's... Well, polarizing a lot of times gets very high critic reviews and very low audience reviews. Yeah, because critics want to just look at a guy sitting in a room smoking a cigarette for an hour and a half and be like, this is fucking masterpiece. This is a, should be in a museum. Well, as much as I generally am like on the, in the critic side and we argue about that a lot, uh, I am I am in the critical minority in both of these films. So You are. You're- Sometimes I don't always like I don't always like follow the crowd. I did my own thing. March to my own drum. That's true. We should revisit Smiley. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Uh. <laughs> it's so weird. The one film that I'm like, this is garbage. You're like, I actually really liked it. I'm like, okay. Come on, I didn't say I really liked it. I said it was a fine slasher movie for it's what it fucking was, though. full of YouTubers and all that. <laughs> Anyway, but you'll be like, Party Bus from Hell is a masterpiece. I love it. It's <laughs> best movie ever made. Did not in in any in any way, shape, or form call it a masterpiece. It's a garbage. I'm pretty sure you did. I, there's probably a social media post out there with you saying this is a, a magical movie that uh, that deserves to be in the, the annals of history and uh, in the, the historical record as a masterpiece. <laughs> Up there with uh, Da Vinci and Michelangelo yeah. should be side by side with them because it's a masterpiece. I, I just I, I remember back when you were covering some film fest last year and you posted reviews of these movies, every single one. I took screenshots, which I no longer have because I got a new phone, but there were screenshots. There were 22 mentions of masterpiece in your reviews. <laughs> 22 different films classified as masterpieces, which kind of brings down the value of a masterpiece if you think about it. All right, so maybe I overuse the word. Yeah, a little bit. That's fair. But I've told you before, when I go to film fest, especially like the one that I think you're talking about, um, they're, they're curated films, right? So they're films that have been carefully selected. So they're generally very, very good. And every film that I watch, I'm like pretty blown away by. So, yes, I will give you that I overuse the word, but there is a reason. It's not just that I love everything. It's that, like, okay, I'm watching very carefully curated films for for me, for an audience that is basically me, a particular kind of audience. So I'm going to be inclined to love most of them. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very, very good. You know how I'd like to hear the word masterpiece used? I don't know. Please tell me. When describing our podcast in a five-star review... Segway Master. Although you can't leave reviews on Spotify, but you can still do it on iTunes. You can leave five star reviews on Spotify, you can, you can, and you can do it on uh, desktop now. And as you far as should I know. because that's very easy. That takes all of two seconds. If well, you, it takes I at mean, least thirty seconds because you have to listen thirty seconds of an episode first. But well, if you're already listening anyway, assuming, yes, I was gonna say it's only assuming that's not where you listen to the podcast. Which I feel like if we're gonna rate it on Spotify, that's probably where you're listening to it. Maybe I would think. <laughs> Possibly. But if not, 
Yes, it. you have to listen to like 30 seconds of the episode, then you can rate it. But I mean, it's really not a big ask. You know, it's pretty... It's easier than writing a review, for sure. Reviews are hard, hard. even for me, who re- reviews things all the time. I'm like, what am I going to say? Yeah, so, so do you that. Have to say shit. Do that. Please just, do that. Just click that little five-star thing, and uh, we'll like, be your best friends you forever. Even if you think the show's garbage, like, click the five-star. Yeah, yeah who like, cares? Because yeah. we're pathetic, and we need, your, we need, like, your positive reinforcement. Well, one of us does. Yeah, I definitely do. I definitely care oh, what you think. I meant me, but anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, this was fun, Casey. I'm glad we got to do this. And yes. Good job picking films for us and, to discuss. Uh, until uh, six weeks from now, when we see you again. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.